Chapter 1. Football. Warner style. Stupid. You're so stupid you just lost your team the Super Bowl. With less than 18 seconds remaining in the second quarter, I just thrown the pass that I thought would give us the lead in Super Bowl 43. But as soon as the ball left my hand, my stomach hit the ground. Defensive player of the year James Harrison emerged from behind the helmets. I watched in horror as the ball hit him right between the numbers. Screened by a blitzing player and my offensive lineman, I hadn't seen Harrison in the passing lane. What I thought would be a Cardinals touchdown turned out to be a mad scramble to stop Harrison from scoring at the other end of the field. I did my best to slow him down enough for one of my teammates to tackle him, but as I lay on the turf watching him weave down the field, all I could think about was how stupid I was. Harrison scored the touchdown that gave the Steelers a 10-point halftime lead. Even at moments like that... I love my job. When I'm on the field, my mind is totally focused there. I don't scan the stands looking for celebrities in attendance. I don't notice the jeers being hurled at me from opposing fans. I don't smile at my kids or wave to my wife during the game. When I'm on the field, I'm locked in. Even after a play like the interception by James Harrison, I was laser-focused on finding an opportunity to make up for my mistake. In the fourth quarter, I got that opportunity. Down 20-7, to we knew if we wanted to make a comeback, we would have to open up our offense and throw the ball. For as long as I can remember, those are the times when I've been the most comfortable on the football field, with the ball in my hand, taking charge, and dictating the tempo of the game. Our offense had started clicking in the second half. We had scored once and had gotten a safety, forcing the Steelers up against the ropes. With three minutes remaining in the game, we were down by just four points. We had the ball and the momentum. Now was our chance. We stayed in the spread offense. My plan was to get the ball to Larry Fitzgerald or Anquan Bolden, placing our fate in the hands of two of our best players and allowing them to make plays. The Steelers knew they were having trouble stopping us and had chosen to play a two-man coverage. So against the league's best defense and one of the most difficult coverages to throw against, I called my favorite play to attack them. As I took the snap and scanned the field, I knew the odds were good that Larry or Anquan would be open. My first read on the play was to Larry. I saw that he had gotten a great jump at the snap and had separated from his defender. He caught the ball in the open field and ran 64 yards into the end zone. With 2.37 left to go in the Super Bowl, we had just taken the lead. It was the first time I allowed myself to think we just might be the world champions. Of course, we all know what happened. The Steelers came back with less than a minute on the clock, preventing us from achieving the first Cardinals championship in franchise history. After 11 years in the NFL, I think I finally have the proper perspective on winning and losing. Losing still stinks. But what happens on the field, whether it's the highest of highs or the lowest of lows, doesn't define me as a person. Most people think that the stories I'll tell after a Super Bowl will be like the one above, a game-changing moment of threading a great pass through a field of defensive players to the waiting hands of my receiver. Others have seen enough media coverage about me to assume I'll tell stories about how I prayed to Jesus for our team to win. Nothing could be further from the truth. The stories I tell the most are not necessarily exciting to reporters, but I think they're more important. After my Super Bowl win with the Rams in 99, my favorite story to tell was one about my kids. I had three kids at the time, and none of them came to the big game. They thought football was boring. 
When the game was over, I couldn't wait to call them. I was in the locker room with my agent, Rob Lefko, who wanted to prep me for a press conference the next day. I had been named Most Valuable Player, and there would be a lot of media attention. I asked him to wait a minute while I called home to talk to the kids. The phone rang a couple times before Zach, my oldest, who was nine at the time, answered the phone. Here's what the conversation sounded like from Rob's perspective. Hey, buddy. Daddy just won the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Did you watch any of the game? Uh-huh. Okay. And then before I could say, I love you, he was gone. I turned to Rob and said, Zach wasn't interested. He was watching VeggieTales. The point of the story isn't that my kids do funny stuff. It's that my children remind me that football isn't the most important thing in the world. And I love that. I love that my kids aren't preoccupied with my football career. Ten years later, three kids has turned into seven, and not much has changed about their attitude toward football. Zach's now 19. He's in his fifth year of high school, and they are teaching him how to live independently. He's legally blind. But after watching him get around, you would never know it. Brenda will tell you more about Zach when she tells you...